But give me some practical advice for people at home that probably don't know anything about their skin, that um, you know are washing with a bar of soap. You know, give give some people some practical advice to you know if you're not doing if you're washing with your or if not washing at all, you know. Okay. What do you tell them? I'll, I'm going to tell you some things that I find. Number one. Welcome to the Nomi Network, where we interview business owners, entrepreneurs, and industry experts on a little bit more personal level. And today, I'm excited to introduce uh, Beverly Blair um, with Advanced Aesthetics of Richardson. Uh, she's the owner, operator of Dallas's number one skincare clinic, as you can see there. So Beverly, with that introduction, welcome to the show and, and, and introduce yourself. Hi, guys. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. My name's Beverly Blair. Um, as Chris said, I'm here in Richardson. I do skincare. I am a um, acne specialist and also oncology certified esthetician. Um, I'm one of the only oncology certified estheticians in the area. I think the next closest one is maybe Fort Worth. Um, so I do service those who have um, cancer or previously had cancer, going through chemo, radiation, and other health challenges that affect the skin. And also, of course, my acne business, which is about 95% of my clientele. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, how does one decide to become a licensed, uh, make sure I get this right, certified oncology esthetician, right? How does, it's that's a big word. It's just basically, you know, you go and get the training and pass the, the tests for certifications. Um, and it's just a personal desire. It was that I wanted to fulfill um, because those who are suffering with cancer and other health uh, ailments, um, when we're, we're in school, we're told that they are contraindicated. Contraindicated means basically um, for whatever reason, they're not able to receive services from us. And that's due to the chemicals and the products and some of the methods of uh, technology that we use that are going to be a little bit aggressive with the sensitized skin of those who are undergoing health, health challenges at the time. So it requires special training so you will know exactly what that client can and what those limitations are and have a, a broader scope of what's going to be safe uh, for them and what's going to be the best route of treatment during their skin care. Yeah, that's really interesting. Sounds like a lot of studying there. Um, I think what I what I heard you say was basically these medications that are these cancer patients are being given can really irritate, if you will, their skin. And not only that, but they have other maybe skin issues that it makes maybe even worse. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. So radiation can burn the skin. So you deal with clients who, are, who have burns from the skin. Um, when different types of cancers, you have, you have cytokines that are released in the body. I had a client that had a lymphoma and she had scratched her back. Actually, she's the one that you see here. Oh, wow. So she had these, she was diagnosed in May of 2019 with uh, lymphoma. And so basically she started undergoing treatment at that same time. And she also started to come to me weekly for uh, skincare, and I was able to correct her skin in about three months to what you see here on this side. And this is also uh, on my website, uh, sure. Instagram, and you can see more pictures of befores and afters of some of the things that I do do uh, 
in the spa. You have other health uh, challenges, such as I have a client with lupus, and they sometimes it is it's basically like flesh eating. You have, uh, it, and it can um, one of the symptoms is sores and lesions on the flesh, and so yeah, and it, and and it's it's very hard. It's very hard to deal with. They're dealing with the emotional side of the illness, but then they're dealing with the physical side of the illness too. So you need a therapist that's going to be able to kind of cater to both sides when they do come in for treatment. A lot of it is, is really being there emotionally where we can't do a lot in, in treatment. You know, I can't, I'm not going to do one of my aggressive microneedling sessions or one of my aggressive chemical peels on someone who's undergoing these treatments. But what I can do is I can give them a loving touch. I can be a listening ear. I can pamper them during their time, um, hydrate, moisturize their skin, um, and just make them feel better. It's, just, it's a lot about making them feel better during their time when they can't go get facials anywhere else. No one else is going to be allowed to touch them. A lot of the big brands are going to say when they see on that intake, you know, what health issues are you currently having or undergoing, as soon as they see cancer, chemo, radiation, they're going to immediately tell their client, I'm sorry, we're not able to treat, but here I, I will treat you. Wow, that is incredible. So if you're a cancer patient out there and you hear this, you know, in Dallas, uh, you need to come here because you can't go anywhere else. So yeah, that's fascinating. You. You, you, you brought up the whole human touch side of it and um, just kind of diving back a little bit of your history. It looks like you, you know, you're from Dallas and maybe ended up at UTD with some kind of counseling minor or something. Is that accurate? I did. I went to, uh, I, I'm originally from Dallas, um, North Dallas, and graduated from Richardson High School and went on to Richland College um, and did the two-year degree. I did go to UTD and I majored, I graduated cum laude um, with a major in uh, interdisciplinary studies and my, I was a business management, social sciences and counseling major. Yeah, so kind of gives you some of the insight into this human touch, which may have, in essence, really kind of helped lead you to where you are today, so. A lot, uh, it, it definitely helps with learning a lot about behaviors, human behaviors and how to um, uh, change energy, you mm. know, to help and encourage those that are may not be in a good space to bring them to that space. And I do also have a spiritual side. And if I see that my client is also a spiritual person, then I can also help them. We can talk and, and more on a spiritual level as well. So it's all about kind of catering to that client and exactly what that client needs at that time. Yeah, I can't imagine now, um, you know, just a cancer and then the medication and just needing to feel loved. Um, do you have um, cancer in your family history that's drove you to kind of that particular space? What's funny that you asked that my mother actually was diagnosed with cancer after um, I became certified. So it definitely um, is personal for me. And every, all of us has some, has been touched uh, by cancer in some shape, form or fashion. So on my mom's side, we've had quite a few, my grandmother, my grandfather, they both died from cancer. So it, it yeah, my mother's parents. So it's, it, it, it runs a lot on my mother's side. So, and I think that we all can say we've all personally been touched by cancer in one way or another. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so you, you're native here to Dallas. Um, talk about what it was like growing up here in Richardson proper as a, you know, before the city was a city, if you will. 
Um, Richardson, I actually grew up in North Dallas in a small okay. community called Hamilton Park. Uh-huh. Um, so it was, I grew up in like it, it, small towns, a small town in the big city where we didn't lock our doors. Everybody walked to school. You knew, you know, every generation knew the next generation. You know, no one, if you were playing with a kid, then your parents knew their parents because they went to school with their parents. It's a very tight knit community. So that's how I was raised in a very small community. It's very tight knit, very um, old school, traditional type communities that we don't really see anymore because our kids aren't outside playing, they're inside. But I'm from that generation that was outside playing on, you know, on the park. That's right. That's right. So um, you left UTD um, with uh, not only left the UTD, but just real quick, um, you know, you graduated valedictorian of aesthetics from the beauty school. Uh, you're a PBA Beacon Award in aesthetics. I mean, you're a really smart person. Um, I find your background to be fascinating. You're even a notary republic. So Walk me well, the notary of- republic is was basically from the legal because I worked in law for over ten years. Right, and so, so I'm, I'm kind of curious if once you left UTD, what happened next? Well, I started working in law when I was seventeen, uh, sixteen, sixteen or seventeen, and I was a legal secretary for an attorney. Um, he's a thirty third degree Mason, <laughs> uh, great guy, Zola Blicker, um, and he taught me a lot. And he did not want to hire me at 16. Um, he had only hired experienced legal professionals in his um, law firm. And he tried to conclude the interview three times. And I continued talking. And I talked myself into that position. And he told me, he says, I'm going to hire you. He says, I'm going to train you. He says, and, and you're going to be a, a legal secretary. He goes, with, he goes, you're a legal secretary. He says, you can, you know, the other secretaries, you're, you know, you're upper echelon now. So I was like, you know, whatever. I just wanted the job. So I got the job and got into law and it was very, very intriguing for me. I'm a, my mom used to call me a, a career student. So being in an industry where you can continue to learn is, is fascinating to me. Uh, because I, I, I really want to continue growing. As I said, if you, if you stop growing, you know, what's left. So to be able to do something that I love, I, I really loved working in law. Um, so once I finished school, so I worked in law all the way through, high, finished through high school um, and through college. I worked for law firms. I've worked at some of the largest firms in Dallas, Haynes and Boone and Jenkins and Gilchrist. And some of these aren't even partners anymore. Some of them yeah. are, you know, going on. That's been many moves ago. Um, but I worked in word processing. And then I eventually continued my paralegal studies at El Centro and took the NALA exam and passed the NALA um, and became a certified paralegal and continued doing paralegal work until I decided to open my tow company. So, so uh, what'd you learn from that business that you can look back on and say, Hey man, you know, that guy hired me, gave me a chance. Um, get, you know, what'd you learn he, from that, that paralegal I, business? The, I learned so much. I learned business structure, corporate structure. I learned about, um, I mean, I know I, I'm, I, he was a family law attorney. I eventually went on to more corporate law, um, working with big business, so investigating claims. And when I went on to other businesses, I've, I've been able to handle everything, all of my contracts, 
contract writing, uh, setting up corporations, working with the Secretary of State and setting up all of the foundations uh, of my companies. I've not had to outsource that because I had the internal training through my paralegal. Um, so it's been very easy for me to set businesses up and set up the foundation of businesses. Um, but with then with the business management, that also from school, that helped with the marketing. So I've also always also handled the marketing of the businesses. Um, so it's kind of like everything at some point, everything became full circle for mm. me um, with the training from school, the training on job training with the legal and the legal industry, um, just being able to be a better business professional um, in the different industries that I've chosen. So, so you were in the legal world for about 10 years, 10 years, over then, 10 years. And then I, I, I find a fascinating transition from Hey, I'm I'm in the legal world too. I'm still kind of maybe in the legal world, but I, I'm I'm opening a tow business. You know, yes. talk, how, how did that happen? How, where were you? Who was helping you with this? How did it come about? Okay, so basically, this is the story that I've told many times when people say, "Why did you, you know, decide to start a tow company?" So I was a smart aleck as a young girl, and I told my dad, I said, "Well." I was 13 when I told him this. I said, Dad, when I turned 16, I would like for you to not buy me a car. He's like, okay, I won't. I won't buy you a car. I'm like, yeah, I want you to buy me a tow truck. He's like, a tow truck? I was like, yeah, I could drive it during the day and then I'll pay somebody to tow cars for me at night and I can make money. And so they laughed it off. So it, it from that point, it became one of those bucket list things <laughs> that was always in the back of my mind. Um, and it kind of, it stayed in the back of my mind. It was kind of dormant for several years as I pursued legal. But what happened with that is once I had my son, I had my son in 2006, um, but I was still that paralegal. I was that go-to girl that, you know, back then we had fax machines. So when the motion hit the fax machine at 5 p.m., I, I'm the one that, oh, we got to stay. We got to get this order together. We've got to file a, you know, a counter. I'm the one that would stay till 2 a.m. and come back at eight in the morning. So once I had a child, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I had gotten accustomed to a certain lifestyle, as we say, yeah. um, but that was based on billable hours. Um, and, you know, for billable hours, you got to be there to bill them. And I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to be home with my son. So um, we were coming well, family, out of a recession. Family changed everything for you then. Oh, family changes everything for sure. Um, we were coming out of that recession in 2009, and I, at that point, I had a buddy who was needing a job, and I told him, I said, well, you know what, I'll get you a job, just let me, let me get this truck going, and I really didn't know anything, I never worked for a tow company, still never have, um, I went to a tow convention that they were having in Oklahoma. I took him with me, I had him take the training, he never towed a car in his life, he learned how to towed during the convention at training and I met someone to finance my trucks and I just went on from there I did like old school I like really did a whole business plan and I walked around with my business plan like this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to go get the money I'd already had all my ideas of who I'd contract with and what I would do and where my area would be and of course throughout time that business um, model changed but it definitely worked for me you know, I, I would almost say that that business planning detail stuff comes a lot from that legal background. 
definitely because we 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 pin we pin everything and and all of the schooling you know um like outlines everything's all about outlines right so i'm just so accustomed to putting everything down gathering all my ideas and 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 definitely the legal help um so I had the tow company for over 10 years, about 10 years as well. Named it after my son. He was T.W. Towing. His name is Travis Wade. So we had T.W. Towing. Um, did that for 10 years. And so it, and 10 years worth of operating a business, there's a lot of business acumen that's learned over 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, you're starting out with one car, one employee. I can imagine your business has grown over the course of the last year, or not last year, last decade. But, you know, what are some takeaways from, oh my goodness, I had no idea, but I'm glad I was able to do this, you know, from a, being the president of a towing company? Well, I did grow fast. I went from one truck, one driver to 10 trucks, about 25 employees, a full staff, and uh, even a wrecking yard um, where I was impounding vehicles. Um, my thing I learned, one thing I did learn with the towing company, a couple of things I learned that have definitely helped me going into the industry that I'm in now. One was uh, to grow slowly because business can come and it can come fast and hard, but more and more and more doesn't always mean better, better, better. Okay. So pace yourself, learn all of the ins and outs, make your mistakes while you're small, so that when you grow bigger, you have a better SOP. You know, you've got your SOP down and you know exactly what to do. Um, another thing is overhead. Keep your overhead low. When I went into this industry, I definitely went in with more oversight as far as to what I was going to spend and how I was going to maintain a low overhead so that my profitability would be higher with a lower overhead. That was definitely something in hindsight that I um, wish that I had a better knowledge of, but things changed so rapidly throughout because um, in 2008 is when Obama instituted the emissions program, the green and, mm -hmm. you know, and all of the vehicles, the big trucks turned to BPFs. And that was just a whole like thing to deal with. So there were a lot of unexpected things that happened and, you know, politics definitely change all of our businesses, depending on what's going on with politics. There's a lot of uh, implications that come that we have to kind of learn how to roll with um, when it comes to that. But yeah, keep it low and go slow. Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so I, I, I think that's great for anyone out there trying to start a business for them to hear. Yeah. So, so we're transitioning here. Let's go from... Um, We've got a 10-year business, and now you're, how many years are you into the advanced aesthetics? Yes, I'm, I'm four years in. I actually, um, at, towards, the, towards the end, before I closed the tow company down, I was very stressed. Like I said, it grew very fast, and it was overwhelming at that point. Then I had two children, um, and it was very overwhelming keeping up with the kids, the trucks and a 24 hour business staff and all of the things that can go right and all the things that can go wrong uh, on a 24 hour basis. And I was ready to get out. But one of the things that was also on my bucket list was to open a spa because it was my favorite place to be. It's always been my favorite place to be. Every birthday, any time that I had was wanting to treat myself, that was the best way that you could treat me is give me a spa day. So what better way to spend the rest of your days than listening to harps and piano play 
you know, rustling leaves, when you've been listening to angry uh, customers, where's my tow truck for 10 years and drivers calling, I had a blowout. I'm lit. Hey, harps and, and, and whistling trees are like my nirvana. Yes. That's the place I want to be. So that was what I wanted to do. So I still had the tow company and I, I ran it while I went back to school again to Ogle to learn um, my new career of aesthetics. Um, so went and like you said, I graduated valedictorian of Ogle here in Dallas. Um, and I had all, before I graduated, I had already signed the lease at the property uh, where I am now uh, because my background in setting up businesses, that was my thing. I'm very apt at setting up businesses and getting the foundation together. So that was just learning the skill set was the only thing for me. Gotcha. So I love your story of kind of recreating, if you will, like you've recreated a few times. Um, yes. What would you tell somebody out there who may be scared to recreate? That there'll never be a perfect moment. There's never that time where it's like, oh, now, you know, there's never a perfect moment. You just have to do it. Do your research step by step and give yourself lists. You know, once you have an end goal, break it down into smaller goals and accomplish smaller goals. And eventually you'll get there. Yeah. I love the entrepreneur spirit there. Um, so does your, um, you mentioned a second child. Um, what's the second child's name? Her name is Denver. Oh, I was, I was thinking, Denver's oh. Danny Rituals. Okay, I was wondering when that when this baby was going to be in there. Yep. So Travis had CW towing. Of course, I had to give Denver something. So Denver has the skincare line. Cool. So talk to us about this skincare line. How did you create this? Where did it come from? Um, and what's it for? Well, it is. Um, I have worked. I have been certified, and like I said, I'm a career student. So learning, uh, working with the different. Once I got into the industry, of course, I tried all of the industry staples, what everybody else is using, and I really wasn't satisfied with what they were using. I have a certain um, level of of clarity that I want in my client's skin when they leave. Um, it has to match my get meet my expectations before I will let you leave out of my spa. Um, and so with that being said, I went through line after line after line. These are different product lines, um, trying to find something. Number one, that my main concern was acne because I had acne, um, bad acne and had always had acne and had struggled with acne since I was about 18 years old. Oh, okay. So it was so important this- to me to clear my own skin. So um, I worked, went through all the different lines, got certified, learned more about ingredients, learned more about skin. When I first started doing facials, I was, I had facials, they were like $40. I was doing them dirt cheap just to get people in so that I could really learn this thing of skin. And I thank all of you guys out there who let me experiment on y'all in the beginning. You guys were martyrs. I'm better now. Come back. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what makes all of this um, product that you've got here a little different? I heard you talk about maybe some of the chemicals and, and what did you realize, you know, Hey, I'm realizing about these products that is there something that you didn't like about them? And no, you said it, you were looking for something there. What was it? Well, what I found with acne is that a, a lot of the product lines, they tend to dry the skin down. 
Um, and they, it, the more acne you have, the harder they want you to go, the stronger, the more aggressive they want you to go. But that really doesn't work with the skin because what happens is with the drier that we are making the skin, the more inflammation we cause within the epidermis and it can in, in turn make the acne worse and make whatever situation we're dealing with worse. Cool. So we want hydrated, healthy skin. So I, uh, whereas some of the lines were just a little bit harsh for me or were not, um, active enough or we're not giving results, you know, we're, my actors weren't giving me the results that I wanted. I, I wanted results-based products. I want to make sure that everything that they put on their skin has a purpose. We don't want to just be, you know, if we want um, wrinkle-free skin, we need to be using a cleanser that's going to help that. We need a, a toner that's going to help that, a moisturizer that is aimed at, at helping us reach our skincare goals. So I wanted um, results-based skincare um, that was going to give uh, the environment for healthy skin, hydrated skin, and that's what Denver's Daily Rituals is. And so I did not formulate the line, but I found the line and it's mine. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I understand, I understand. So um, you said acne is kind of what majority of the business models toward right now. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen your Instagram, you're on there. Um, I also see um, a lot of things online about this. How does one differentiate um, a good person or someone not to go to out there? Because it seems like there may be some people out there. Well, I will tell you that the proof is in the pudding. Mm. So um, my page, you're going to see a lot of befores and afters. You're going to hear testimonials from clients um, and just Google and read the reviews. Um, I'm sure I, I have over 100 five-star reviews on Google um, and Yelp as well. Not as many, but lots on Google and lots of reviews, lots of testimonials. The proof is going to be in the pudding. If a client, if a, if an, a practitioner can do what they say, then they should be able to show that. Um, a lot of estheticians though are, and this, we all have our, our, you know, niche, right? Okay. I'm acne. I'm corrective care. You have estheticians that are more relaxation based. And if you're looking for relaxation, you know, someone who's going to rub your shoulders and it's more aromatic and it's just relaxing. I give you relaxing, but I'm giving, we're correcting. I'm probably not going to rub your shoulders. I'm actually, I'm not going to rub your shoulders, <laughs> but I am going to fix your skin. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so talk to me about kind of your ideal client. I know it's probably someone that's got acne in their background, possibly, or even just someone looking for a facial, right? My my ideal client is I, I really want someone who, who wants to change something about their skin. Um, if you're looking just looking for relaxation and you're not really that into it, you know, come to me. I'm you're good, a great facial. But my ideal client is someone who's been to dermatologists, who's been to two, three or more estheticians who have tried so many other things. And they find when they make it to me, I make them know, well, you finally made it here. We are going to, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to make a difference and I'm not going to stop until I fix your skin. I take it that that's happened before. That happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a guy, uh, you know, if I'm a guy with acne, can I come? Of course. Anybody with acne, teenager with acne, an adult with acne, a guy, a girl. I, I treat a lot of guys who have folliculitis who get the hair, the hair, ingrown hairs in their necks and chin areas from shaving. 
I treat a lot of that. Um, it's any kind of skincare concern. I even do skin treatments on the body. Sometimes people have, you know, they have back issues um, and they have, um, you know, other skincare. Can I hold one second? I'm sorry about that. Okay, so sorry about that. Yeah, so um, just back to telling me um, about um, men, you know, um, we can come to the shop, we can oh, come yeah. to the spa. Um, yep, I have beer treatments, we have we have beer treatments. I have everything for men, women, and children, okay. definitely. Interesting, interesting. Um, so does your, does your daughter want to grow up and be like mom? My daughter is, she's already like me. She knows how to do extractions. She does oh, wow. extractions on her dad, it's hilarious. She's been watching mom, huh? Yeah, she's definitely been watching. I hear you. I hear you. So, um, yeah, and she, I think she's, but she's more of a makeup girl. So I think she may, she may go into makeup, some type of artistry. Huh. That's interesting. And, um, um, and how old is she? She's seven. And your oldest is? 16. Oh, is he driving yet? No, he's not driving. Well, he drove my car over the, the curbs and I had to replace two tires. If that counts. Yeah, but no. are expensive. That's awesome. That's no, awesome. but he works. He works. So he has a job and he also he's uh has his own company as well. I started him in LLC. He has a vending um vending machine company, uh T17 vending, which we started last year. Um, and I gifted him to start the company to vending machines, which he owns and operates, but he also has a job, part-time job that he works. So trying to get that same entrepreneurial uh esteem built up in him as well sure 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 someone did a good job job with you um you know for for anyone out there that hears this um what do you want them to hear you say to welcome them into the spa just know that um i know no strangers everybody is friends and family and i care about your skin i'm not there just to get your dollar um i give more i give 180 percent to every one of my clients that walks through that door, you're not going to leave unless till I'm satisfied. And if I'm satisfied, you're destined to be satisfied. Okay. And, um, you know, give me some practical advice for people at home that probably don't know anything about their skin that, um, you know, are washing with a bar of soap, you know, give, give some people some practical advice to, you know, if you're not doing, if you're washing with your, or if not washing at all, you know, okay. What do you tell them? I'll I'm going to tell you some things that I find. Number one, wash your face at night. I tell my clients, we wash in the morning and we wash at night. The reason it's, but if I have a client, a lot of, sometimes you have people, they say, well, I shower at night and I just wash my, you know, I shower in the morning or whatever. And I really don't wash my face at night. Our skin, there are free radicals. That's what's in the air that we have no control over. We're talking about pollution. We're talking about grease from the chicken you cook for dinner. We're talking about smoke from, you know, your coworkers when you walk through the, you know, the patio at work and everybody's smoking and everything has attached to your skin throughout the day. Um, those have to be washed off at night. So it's very important that you wash your face at night. A second one, SPF, SPF, SPF. Your skin needs sun protection factor, no matter who you are, how old you are. Um, a, a fun fact that I tell my clients, 
and they a lot of them don't know until I tell them actually I don't think any of them knew until I told them that they weren't born with freckles no one is born with freckles you have a predisposition to freckling if it's in your family but you're not born with them they're sun damage and had your parents used SPF as a baby then you may or may not have had that same freckle pattern that you now have but I tell my, my clients I say yeah you weren't born with freckles they say yeah I said well go home and look at your go ask your mom look at your baby pictures and then you come back and tell me and they come back and they say you're right I wasn't born with freckles that's sun damage so we all need SPF every single day and we need to reapply every two hours so those are like and please 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 don't wash your face with bar soap that's so bad. <laughs> um, it's funny you talk about freckles. I've got a redheaded son and mm -hmm. man, he he's just prone to freckling. And it's, you know, um, it, it is skin damage, but there's just, you know, when you have that bright white skin. SPF. He's got to use SPF. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever heard someone say so frequently. So I appreciate the, the wisdom. Every two hours. It only has it only has a certain it has about a two hour lifespan, so you've got to reapply. Wow! Can can someone um, go back on freckles? Can freckles be kind of reverse? Yes. I don't think that you can remove freckles. You may you may be able to light lighten them with treatment. I'm not sure if you can actually remove them. And a lot of the times that those freckles have been there. Or, you know, by the time you come to get treatment at 25, they've already been there for 20 years. So what you're dealing with is layer after layer after layer. So many layers of sun damaged skin, um, tw like 20 years worth. So it, it's more difficult. The, the higher the pigmentation is to the surface of the skin, the more easily it is to be removed. So when we have, uh, say you have a pimple that you busted and you just busted it last week. Yeah, we're going to get that scar out. It's new, it's fresh, it's still in, in, in the upper layers of the epidermis. 20-year-old freckles, I'm not sure about that. I'll keep doing research. I'll find out. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. But, uh, you know, I look at my little boy and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all those freckles, you know, and we make the excuse to say, you know, an, an angel kissed you all over your face, you know, whatever it is, but it's really skin damage. So um, thank you for the the honesty. Like he's going to be loading up on SPF now. Here, son. <laughs> well, so am I, so am I. Um, so one last question for you. So how do I get in touch with you and how much does it cost for me just to have you tell me what you can do for me. Okay, so you can um, find me at dallasacneclinic.com and you can also find me on Instagram at dallasacneclinic. Um, and there's also a booking link from my Instagram page. Um, and a new client facial is $145. The same as an acne clearing facial and consultation is $145. I do have special rates once you're in and you started um, products for acne clients um because they require a more um, consistent uh facials so i do have special rates once they start my acne program but it's it's about 145 to come in and get a facial okay. and you get about an hour and a half to two hours with you though and we do a thorough intake i'm gonna ask you so many questions i'm gonna tell you things that you didn't even think about we uh, there's so many things that i know um 
just from dealing with so many different types of skin. I can, can't tell you how many people I've told them, you know, I, I can see the imprints on their face from the phone. I'm like, you're laying the phone on your face. Or I see the congestion here. I'm like, you wear glasses and you're not cleaning them. And it's simple things, but they're things that I, um, I recognize in the skin that may be causing issues. And we talk, we talk about all the different things because I can point out things in your life. We talk about, I ask a lot of questions and people don't, you know, like they come in, I say, hey, what you got going on this weekend? And they think I'm just asking what they're doing this weekend. No, I'm asking for treatment purposes. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be out in the sun, I may do a specific type of treatment. If you're just going to be hanging out at home, I may do a totally different treatment. So everything, I ask a lot of questions and it's all going into learning about not only what's going to be best for treatment for you that day. I'm learning what's going to be best for treat home treatment for you. If I know that you're a person who likes spending time with self-care, yes, you can handle this eight-step program and you're going to love every minute of it. But if I know that you're a person who has barely washed their face, I'm going to condense it and give you two steps so that I know that you're hitting the most main focal points of what is going to keep your skin healthy. So I'm listening to things. We're talking. I'm listening to things about your uh, characteristics, about your, your own person, so that I can customize not only your in-spot in therapy, but also what you're going to do at home. Cool. I like customization. And yeah, it's um, very important. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I like this product. I like what she's saying. And they don't necessarily, uh, you know, want the regular facials, but they want some of your product. Can they go online and get this product? Oh, yes. They can go to Denver's uh, Denver's Daily Rituals dot com. Okay. That's Denver's with an S at the end. Denver's Daily Rituals dot com and order products. But what I prefer is that you reach out to me, send me a text message, call me, send me a DM and say, hey, I'm interested in products. Let me bring you in for a free 15, 20 minute consultation where I can talk to you about your skin and recommend what's gonna be best for you. Sometimes, a lot of times we don't even know what kind of skin we have. I have clients, they come in and they say, oh, I'm oily. I don't wear moisturizer because I'm so oily. Well, oily skin, dry skin and dehydrated skin are two different things. Dry is dry and, and, and or you have dry or oily, dehydrated or hydrated. So one is too much oil or not enough oil, and one is not enough water or enough water. Mm -hmm. So you can have oily skin that's dehydrated, so you still need a moisturizer. And so it, it takes that level of, of knowing to be able to help you um, navigate through to clear skin, to healthy skin. I have to be able to explain some of these things. And, it, and then when I tell them, they say, oh, okay, that makes sense. And we talk about the things and, and, and make sure that you purchase the right products for your skin. I don't want you to buy something just because a lot of times I ask my clients to say, they tell me, oh, I'm using this, 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 that. Oh, this is the funniest one. I had a client, she goes, my skin is so oily. And I looked over her intake and she had about five different essential oils that she was using on her skin. I said, well, you say your skin is oily, right? She says, yes. I said, well, why are you using essential oils on your skin? She goes, well, aren't they good for your skin? I said, well, not if you have oily skin. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. You have aha moments where you're like, oh, well, I should have known that, but you don't know what you don't know. So you come to a professional so a professional can tell you. Totally. And I think that was what um, I was looking for is, hey, look, you know, 
you're offering a free 15 minute, 20 minute, you know, therapy and education session, basically. Let me understand what you're really dealing with, because I think of this like, hey, a lot of people probably have um, acne or whatever you want to call it. And have just been, you know, hey, my arm's broken since I was born. I just have got a broken arm. I don't know any different until Mm -hmm. they reach out to someone and actually get healed. So Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah, the therapist and the education all comes from advanced aesthetics. Yes. So I really appreciate you hanging out with me. This has been fun getting to know you. Um, I like your little business model. And it's cool that um, I actually found you in the uh, Community Impact magazine here in Richardson. Yes, that was so nice of them. I love that article. They did a really nice job. Yeah. So how did they find you? Um, Actually, I called inquiring about advertising advertising and when I kind of discussed my business with them they wanted they off they wanted to make me a feature a business in the community uh, for their medical edition cool yeah I, I thought it was neat I like the community impact magazine and it's a neat little magazine so um, it's, it's cool. very neat yeah I, it, it's been very cool they were very nice over there Shout out to Community Impact. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. That's right. Thanks so much for what you do for Richardson. So, um, hey, listen, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much, Chris. I have definitely enjoyed This is my first podcast. So this has been real fun. I feel very important now. Thank you so much. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you.